Amen. Hey, if you're here tonight and you don't own a Bible, if you'll hold your hand up, ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody gets a copy of the Word of God. Get in the Word. Study the Word. Know the Word. Amen. Amen. Hunt it. Hunt. Seek. Search. Find the answer. It's right there in that book. Amen. You got your Bible with you tonight? Let's stand together one more time. Hold your Bible up in the air. Make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise like he's worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. We're glad you're here tonight. Hope you have had a great week and getting ready for a, for a better one next week. Amen. Going from glory to glory, things are getting better and better. Isn't it interesting in, in the world and they're talking doom and gloom, but the, the word of the Lord is my plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Give you new a hope and a future. Aren't you glad God's on your side? Aren't you glad God's on your side? Amen. Now, how many of you glad that you're part of a wonderful church? Amen. I think we ought to get up every day and tell ourselves, I love my church. You know, uh, they do studies right now. Um, well, they do them all the time. But right now they're doing studies in churches, and they call us up, and they called last year and asked a lot of questions, and they called back this year because we're so not normal. And uh, they want to keep us in that mix. And other places, things are going down. All, even all around us right here, things are going down right here. Everything's on the increase. Lives are being changed. God's doing something at your church, amen? You ought to be thankful that you're part of a great church. I love my church. Got to tell you something. If I, if I wanted to be anywhere else, that is where I'd be. Amen. And I'm pretty certain that's true with you. Ain't nobody making us be here. We're here because we love God. We love what God's doing. We love the people he's connected us to. We love our church. Amen. I just like saying it. I love my church. Amen. I've been in some. I wasn't real fast to say that. But here today, I love my church. God is good. Amen. Just so excited about what God is doing. As we get ready, you, you know, in, in uh, two weeks, we'll be celebrating our fourth anniversary together. Amen. So, uh, you, you know, be getting your dancing shoes on, buy your party hat, let's celebrate. Uh, uh, as, as we move towards that mark, let's just be very conscious of the great thing that God is doing. He is doing some incredible stuff. And opening and, you know, amazing doors and changing lives. If we took time tonight to go through the house and just talk to people about the difference that God has made in their life in the last three and a half, four years, you know, it's, it is amazing what God is doing. And, uh, you know, and I realize that there is a challenge to the lifestyle of the believer. I understand that, you know what, uh, living Zoe life, it, it's not for the weak-hearted. It's not for people who have, haven't got a backbone. It's not for, uh, you know, mentally, uh, uh, i got to be very careful. Um, you can't live stupid, okay? And, they, and there's opposition to that. Have you realized there's opposition to that? You, you know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. But in the first half of that very same verse, he said, but the enemy has come, but for to kill, steal and destroy. Right. We face a very real enemy. But the, the but the truth is that very real enemy has been defeated, placed under our feet and is here for us to live every day a lifestyle that demonstrates that defeat. But it's not always easy. And we don't want you to be under the impression that we're telling you that if you're having challenges in life that you must have left a door of sin open. That's crazy. The fact of the matter is life is filled with tribulation. There is all kinds of obstacles in our way, but we walk in victory. Come on, church, right? We walk in victory. If God be for me, who cares who's against me? Right? A lot of people are trying to, you know, to understand their enemy. You better understand your strength and your victory. Man, that's all you need to know. God's on my side. Amen. No weapon formed against me can prosper, but every tongue that rises up against me, I can condemn. For this is the heritage of the sons and daughters of the living God. I, I've got God on my side. 
Amen. And tonight, I, I just want to talk about how to really manifest the life of victory, even when things are tough. Even when it's hard. You, you know what? It's, it's great to be filled with joy, unspeakable, you know, on a good day. You just you went to work and they promoted you. You go outside and they handed you the keys to a new car. You go home. Your wife has got, you know, sent the children down the street to the neighbors and she's standing there in Victoria's Secret. We're ready to greet you. That's a good day. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know about you, but at my house, that's only about five days out of the week. There are a couple days. I didn't know that was funny. There are a couple of days. There, there are a couple of days that things just don't work that way. And it's very easy to get frustrated. If you're not careful, you become disappointed. You, you begin to live a life that isn't really manifesting Zoe. See, it's easy in here. Hello. Now, now come on now. You know, maybe we should talk about the Sunday crowds, right? Because they show up and they got smiles on and they sing and they give and they praise. And then I see them on Monday and Tuesday. They don't exactly look the same. Hello. It's, it's easy right here. But when you, when you go home, see, different things cause us to react in a different way. And so I just want to challenge you in the next couple of weeks to, to open up your heart, wrap your brain around the truth of God's word, and let's take a look at really living an incredible victory. Amen? God has called us, equipped us, anointed us, infused us. He's, he's done everything he can so that we can live in daily victory. Well, let's, let's take on that challenge and be who God's called us to be. Amen. Let's have a backbone to face the storm and get out there and live this thing and humiliate hell. Amen. You got your Bible, open it up to Habakkuk chapter two, verse four. Habakkuk, those pages may be stuck together still. Just find them. You know, go, go through there, find that. Because you want to underline this. You don't want to just rely totally on the screen tonight. You, and, and I do want to tell you that if, if you don't really take notes, maybe tonight you should. And if you do nothing else, just write down the scripture references I give you and then read those scriptures. Most of them are just one scripture long tonight. We go through this thing, read them every day for a month and get this because one of the problems that we're going to be dealing with tonight is that a lot of people, they know this, but they don't know this. Okay, look at this verse. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. There's a lifestyle of the just. The just lives by his faith. Look at Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Say that part with me. The just shall live by faith. Say it again. The just shall live by faith. Who lives by faith? Thank you. How many of you guys are part of that group? You're part of the just. You're justified. You're righteous. You've been made right with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. You, you are the just. If you're in Christ, you're righteous. Righteousness isn't earned by your works. Remember, you're not good enough. But the blood of Jesus applied to your life causes you to stand in the presence of God, righteous, holy, and blameless in his sight. Hallelujah. It doesn't liberate you to live any way you want to and put a stamp of approval on it. No, you, you, you know what? That, that's just ignorance to what really has occurred. If you have been justified by God and you're no longer living in an attempt to, to get his approval, but you're living out of his approval, that actually ignites a passion in you to do more of what is pleasing to God and less what is pleasing to your flesh, right? I'm not trying to please others. I'm not even trying to please me. I want to please God. Amen. There's a lifestyle that for the righteous and uh, there's a way to become righteous, but it's not through jumping through hoops or following rules. It's Jesus. Everybody say it's Jesus. No, come on. Say it's Jesus. Now, here's the deal is sin comes into our life through our choices, our actions, and sin serves one purpose, and that is to make you feel guilty. 
If the enemy can make you feel guilty, then you'll go through life thinking that you're not righteous. If you're not righteous, then you don't probably need to live this way. The just live by faith. Well, if I'm not just, I don't have to live by faith. Satan uses guilt to produce shame. Shame causes you to be distracted from the truth. But the truth is you are righteous. I'm righteous in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, we be righteous, baby. Understand this, that going to church does not make you righteous. But righteous people enjoy going to church. Hello? Tithing and giving offerings isn't going to make you righteous, but the righteous live to give. Singing in the choir, greeting at the door, serving in the children, it doesn't make you righteous, but when you're righteous, you're looking for a way to fulfill the plan of God in your life. Amen? Amen? Righteous people love to serve. If we're righteous, if we're just, we ought to be willing to admit it. Look at somebody tonight and tell them, I am just. Oh, come on, say it with some conviction. Say, I am just. Say, I'm declared righteous. I live by faith. Say, I'm just. I'm declared righteous. I live by faith. Look at Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11 says something you might have heard before. No man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. This is how we do it. Uh-huh. Oh, we forgot to do the skit. You want to come do the splits? You've been practicing all week. Uh, Took us an hour and a half to get him off the floor earlier, so we're probably not going to do that. Here's the problem is a lot of people, the just shall live by faith, but they they either don't know they're just or they don't know what living by faith is. So we're going through life somewhat confused. We got a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. We've, you know, we've been baptized. We, we, we may even speak in tongue, but we don't know how to live. We're, we're in a society and in an environment that's just, you know, insane, and we're doing our best to, you know, to be nice. Isn't it funny? We're teaching our children how to be polite, but most of them don't know what it means to live by faith. And the reason we haven't shared that with them is, well, we're not exactly sure ourselves. We think if we're living by faith, that means that, that, you know, we've got this magic wand and we wave it and we should have a Cadillac or something. You know, that's not living by faith. Living by faith, we'll get into it a little bit, but living by faith is the lifestyle that God designed for the just or the righteous to live. It is, it, you know, three times already we've read it. Well, here, go to Hebrews 10, 38. Hebrews 10, 38, the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Four times now, the just shall live by faith. This is how we live. This is how we do it. You want to get the end result that God declared at the beginning? Well, then you have to realize that the end result is always connected to what? Character. Character is the byproduct of habits. Habits are simply actions performed consistently. Actions are the result of choices. Choices are always made from your emotion, your feelings. Your feelings are developed by your thoughts, and the thoughts are created by the words in your life. You want to get the end that God declared at the beginning, you got to start with God's word and take it all the way through the cycle until it produces the end result. We see all kinds of believers, they are getting results, just not God kind results. Well, why? Well, because we back up to the very next thing from the result. We got character or characteristics. Well, we're not producing the characteristics that that end result demands. So we don't have God's result. Well, God's word doesn't work. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But the only part of God's word that works is the part that you do. Write that down. Some of you look at me with your pen in your hand. Start writing. The, the only part of God's word that will produce in your life is the part you apply. Man, if, if you ain't doing it, it can't produce. 
You got to understand God's word. You got a manual. It's in your lap. You got God's word. Use it. Study it and live it. Live it. I, I think it's really cool if you take the Bible and look at it. It's almost like a picture of what walking with God looks like in different situations. You know, uh, the government's against you. Well, then you just go find, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, read about Daniel or the three Hebrew children. When, uh, when, when, and that's what it looks like to walk with God when the government's against you. You know, when, when you're in the middle of a storm, well, go read where Jesus was in the boat and the guys were headed to the other side. This is what it looks like to walk with God through a storm. You know, life just ain't producing and I'm not having the, the results, you know, in a certain area of my life. Go read Isaiah 54. This is what it looks like to walk with God when you feel like barrenness is on your life. Because you can break the barrenness by obedience to God's word. So the just live by faith. Where does faith come from? Check it out. Romans uh, ten seventeen. Most of us know this. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The source of faith is the word of God. You ain't got no faith. It's because you ain't got no word. You get a lot of word, you're going to have a lot of faith. If your faith is high, your word is high. But without the word, you live without faith. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Sound familiar, mom? That's my, I can, every time, you know, I can, my dad, I can see him, hear him. I can feel the spit hitting my face as he drilled this into everybody he ever met. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And we are stupid sometimes. We say, I've heard that before. You've shopped for groceries before. You going to do that again? I wish we'd talk about something different. I wish you'd get this. <laughs> Father used to tell a story about the man that was dying of hunger, dying of starvation. They bring him in to a table that's loaded with food. And he says, I believe that food would save me. See, a lot of us are under the impression that faith is believing. Faith is not believing. See, the man starving to death, looking at a table full of food, believes that the food will save him. If he eats the food, he will not die. So he begins to confess it. Well, faith is a confession. No, it isn't. Your faith has a confession. Your faith is tied to your believing, but faith is not believing, and faith is not a confession. That man's dying of starvation can sit at the table and confess, I believe this food will save my life. He can hire a choir and get them to stand in the background and sing a ooh and a ah as he says, I believe this food will save me. I know that the food is good for me and that I need that food, that God has provided that food, and I shall not die. But he's still going to die unless he eats that food. Faith is not simply believing regardless of the circumstance. It is obeying regardless of the consequence. Because you've heard it, that is one of the distractions the enemy uses to separate you from the truth. The truth is the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the amount of virtue and power that comes back to you, and more shall be given to him who hears. Hello? I've marked 24, 25. You know what? You got to get in the book. You got to get in the word. You got to study the word. You got to digest the word. You got to take these scriptures every day and get it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Guys, I ain't that smart. All I do is read it and repeat it. I just go read the book and come in here and tell you what I read. This is what I read. Felt the anointing on it. And, and now I'm going to repeat it. Here's God's word for you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. People die in hospitals believing God could heal them. People suffer financial collapse believing God can supply. Satan himself, the Bible says, believes so stinking what? I'm glad you believe, but it's going to take something different than just believing to get the result that God declared at the beginning. 
Here's our problem is that if we're under the impression, if I believe it and confess it, then it'll be produced. Well, we've seen over and over and over again that that don't work, but we still try it. Well, maybe we just didn't have enough faith. Well, if your definition of faith is believing, you can't, you can get a truckload of believing and still be separated from the end result. So we better find out what it is. We better read it and repeat it some more. Hello, somebody. You ought to hear it till you can quote it. Yeah, it ought to be coming out of your mouth. It ought to be activated in your life. But we can't live stupid and say, I've heard that before. We got to get to the table and start eating. Somebody say amen. Amen. We got to be obedient regardless of the consequence. So we have to add action to our belief. We have to have corresponding action to the word of God that we believe. The just shall live by faith, not the just shall live by what they believe. The just shall live by faith. Well, what, what is corresponding action going to do? It is going to add confidence to what you believe. See, if you put confidence in what you say, You'll actually be living what you said. But if you don't have confidence in what you say, you don't live it. You just say it. Now, the deal is, is this, it's important to say it, but you got to live it. Hello? I said, you got to live it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to live it. If you don't have any action with it, you ain't got no confidence in it. If you don't have any confidence in it, you, you need to read it a couple more times. Faith cometh by hearing, not listening, hearing, understanding, you know, uh, getting an insight and a revelation. Keep reading it. it it'll change you. Guys, I got to tell you something. There's scripture that I've read over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then one day open it up and bam, there it is. Changed everything. Hello? Look at Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God. The just shall live by faith. So the faith is, comes from the word of God. So the just shall live by the word of God. This is how we do it. You got that book? What's it say? You know, it's pretty hard to live what it says if you don't know what it says. If you ain't ever read what it said about what you're going through, then you don't know how to live what it says in what you're going through. I don't know why it's so frustrating to people that when they come and they have issues and we say, well, let's see what the Bible says. I don't want to see what the Bible says. I need a solution. <laughs> My favorite line is this. I don't need somebody to preach to me. <laughs> Why'd you come to the preacher? I sit on a couple of different boards with other pastors and sometimes in the middle of those situations and they just love me for this. Really, they love me for this because they'll be, you know, going back and forth about an issue and I'll just say, well, wait a minute, what does the Bible say? Maybe we ought to just do what the Bible says. And it usually gets silent in that room just like it did in this one. (laughs) Hallelujah. The just shall live by the word of God. God's word will provide hope to stand against the lack of hope that is being offered by the world. You do understand that when you flip on the news in the morning, it is a vacuum of hope. They're just sucking all the hope out of the atmosphere. And they have a purpose. They want you to put your confidence in the government. And guys, I'm not on some political thing tonight. Uh, I don't, you know, I I just, I'm not here to preach against government, but I just want to share something with you. You you probably want to have enough word to produce hope against hope. Remember Abraham who hoped against hope? There was a hope offered to him, but he had a hope that was greater than the hope that was offered to him. The hope that was offered to him is that he could die in peace. But he had a hope greater than that hope. So he had the hope to, to hope against hope because he had the word of God that had been spoken to him. See, if you ain't got no word, well, then you got to find hope somewhere else. So we got to get in the word so that we have the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. No, the word of God is the substance that everything's made out of. It's the word of God. Look at somebody. Tell them the just shall live by faith. 
You know, what is it Hebrews 11, 1? Uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation says it's the confirmation. The confirmation. Uh, do you travel much? You ever call up and, and, and uh, you know, ask for a motel room? You're going to go to Hawaii, and you call up and you get a motel room, and when you board the plane, you buy a ticket. You, you make other plans and arrangements based on the fact that you know you've got somewhere to stay when you get there. Have you seen the room yet? Most cases, no. You know, but well, why would you risk everything to go there? Well, because you have a confirmation number. Right? You do get the confirmation number, right? You want the confirmation number. So that when you walk up to the counter and they say, uh, may I help you? And you say, yeah, I have reservations for fields. And they look on their computer and they say, I don't see anything. You can say, I don't care. I have a confirmation number. I don't know whose room you're going to have to evacuate so that I can spend the night here. I'm not sure if you're going to have to build one on so that I have a place to stay. But I got confirmation that I got a room. We'll be staying here tonight. Where should we put our luggage? Why? Well, because you got confirmation. One translation says that faith is the title deed. It's the title deed. You know what? If you sell the title deed of your car to somebody, they don't even need to see the car. The title deed is proof that the car exists. If you've got the word of God, you've got proof that the promise exists. You don't need to see it. You need to act like you believe it. You you need to put your confidence in the fact that God said it, so I got it. Amen. First Peter one twenty three says that the word of God uh, not, or being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. It says that the word of God is an incorruptible seed. Look at Luke 11. The seed is the word of God. So faith equals the word. The word equals seed. Faith, the just shall live by the word of God. The word of God is a seed that the just live by. This is what we do. This is how we live. What do you use seed for? You use seed to sow. The word is seed. Seed not planted will not produce. So you can't be a seed collector. You got to be a seed sower. You can have bags and bags of seed in the barn, but you won't have corn in the field until you put the seed in the ground. You got to, well, what's the, what's the ground that we put the seed in? Well, that would be the fertile soil of our heart. Don't you think it's interesting that God made man out of the dirt? Why? So he could receive the seed. So that seed would have a place to grow. You want to harvest? Sow some seed. The Bible doesn't it say guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart because out of your heart comes the harvest of your life. If you ain't got no seed in there, you're not going to get no harvest. Most of us have seed. We just don't have God's seed. We got other words that have been planted into the soil of our heart. The word heart is thoughts and emotions. We think about everything else we've heard, but we don't really bank on the word of God. Ever wonder why some got 30, some got 60, some got 100 fold? Well, because if all, if 70% of your time, you're, 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 you're in disagreement to the word of God, you can't expect more than a 30 fold increase. You want a hundredfold return? Then life's got to be based 100% on God's word. You can't mix the seed and get a great harvest. See, that book in your lap is not a book of rules. It is a bag of seed. Your heart will grow words, God's word in your heart. Your heart will produce your life. In the beginning was the word. Everything starts with the word. So how many of you would like to feel better? Think better. No, I, I gave you the answer to feeling better. Think better. How do I think better? Better word. Words, thoughts, feelings. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, the reason you don't feel like it is because you don't think like it. So you're going to have to change the way you think. How am I going to do that? Based upon the word of God. I think the Bible teaches us that that is what God's word is going to do is going to change the way I think. He is going to renew my mind through his word. He's going to change the way I think. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices.
God's word will change you to line up with God's thoughts. But you got to get God's word in your heart. Words, thoughts, feelings, choices, actions, habits, character, end result. You know, it's so, it's really simple on paper. Now, I I get that it's difficult in reality, but if you want a certain end result in your home, all you got to do is identify what what the characteristics that end result demand are, because every end result demands a certain characteristic. Uh, you know, you want to fly, uh, you know, uh, uh, jet airplanes. Well, there's some characteristics that flying jets require. And if you don't have those characteristics, you ain't flying no jet. If you go, uh, just try to go around that, you, you get all kinds of financial strength and buy yourself a jet. Ain't nobody going to tell me what I can't do. If you get it off the ground, you're still going to die. Why? Because there's characteristics demanded by that end result. Want a happy home? There's characteristics that are demanded by that end result. You can't stay nasty, mean, and bitter and have a happy home. I think I'll just turn the next page. Okay. You got to ask yourself, what am I building my life on? What am I banking on? You know, there are times that you'll just have to tell your friends, can't go to the movies tonight. I'm working on something here. Can't really play church. Got to get the word of God in me because I'm working on something right now. Need to produce some change, radical change. Remember, we've talked about it recently. We don't need minor adjustment. We need radical change. So I might have to stop doing some things over here till I get this word deep in here. Why? Because I cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with my character. See, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by the word of God. But if it's not your characteristic to base your life on the word of God, you can't do that consistently. And if, see, you don't do it consistently, you won't consistently get the end result that you're expecting. If you don't get the result that you're expecting, you go through life disappointed and broken and bleeding. Disappointed. Two words put together to make one word. Using a prefix. A prefix is a grammatical stem added to the beginning of a word to change the meaning of that word. The prefix dis means to press down or push out of. So, Life pushes you down, presses you out of your appointment. Disappointed simply means to be outside your appointment. Your appointment contains the power, the anointing, the, the, the touch of God. If you're not in your appointment, you don't have the power to produce. So all the enemy has to do to cause you to live a life of nothing but disappointment is get you to believe something stupid for a minute long enough so that you have a collision with an unmet expectation. Well, God's in control. That is ridiculous. He put you in control. The only way God gets in control is if you totally surrender. You know what I've noticed about believers? They don't like to surrender. They like to sing it. I surrender. Some to you. Some to you. We, we really should rewrite a lot of songs. Because we, we stand in here, we lying. You know, I'm giving you a little piece of my heart and a bit of what's in there. Hello? Come on now, we should, we should rewrite this stuff instead of standing here boldly lying in the presence of God. We don't like to surrender. You might say, well, I don't have a problem with that. Really? You do realize that your greatest satanic op- opposition will come with your freshest revelation. So when you say, I don't mind surrendering, that'll be tested before you make it out of the parking lot. <laughs> See, if you're not careful, you'll make choices based to protect your feelings instead of choices based to protect your future. Why? Well, because you're thinking wrong. You think God wants you happy. God doesn't really care if you're happy. I think it's funny. You should stand up here and look this way for a minute. I wish I could bring you one at a time and point you this way. It's great. 
God doesn't want you happy. What do you mean God don't want me happy? Of course God wants me happy. He don't care. I'll prove it. Love your neighbor. I can guarantee you God ain't met my neighbor. I should be careful. He might get the tape. Um, God wants you obedient. That obedience will produce joy, which will outweigh your unhappiness. But God wants you obedient. You know, if, if we could surrender to God, then he'd be in control. But he is still giving you authority. Why? So that you could use that to demonstrate Satan's defeat. You got to get consistent in living what you believe, not believing what you don't live. See, we believe... A, we're under the impression that we believe a lot of stuff that we don't really believe. Because in our society, we've learned how to deal with stuff in a way that makes us look good, feel good, and not understand how bad off we are. See, in reality, can I be pastoral? Look, there's only like five minutes left. Can you take it? Okay. Um, I mean, you know, someday I'm going to get a real fluffy message and share that with you. I promise I will. I promise. Be like on a potluck Sunday or something. <laughs> we'll have pie and cake and I'll just be cotton candy cotton candy you know what that is right hot air and sugar that, I'll give you a cotton candy message <laughs> the, the, the reality is see if I ask this question I could trick you easily if I ask this question and please don't respond right now but if I ask the question how many you believe reading your Bible is, is, is what you should be doing hands everywhere but the fact is, is that if you're not reading your Bible every day, you do not believe you should read your Bible every day. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Let's just have the conversation. How can you say I don't believe? You don't know what I believe. Yes, I do. Here we go again. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. How do you know what I believe? Because an action is a manifestation of a belief. So if you don't perform it, you don't actually believe it. See, if you believed you were drowning, you do something to get out of the water. But we make ourselves feel good by saying, I believe. When in reality, no, we don't. Because God's word hasn't really changed us yet. Not because we're evil or bad or wicked or weak. It's because we have not gotten the word to work and to change us from the inside out yet. We've got to get in God's word. See, the just shall live by faith. We don't even know what it is yet. But it's the way we're supposed to be living. This is how we do it. But yet, in a, in a heated situation, in a, in a moment of heaviness, we live just like every other non-believer. We, we, we respond and react just like somebody who ain't never heard a Bible verse. Well, that ain't how we do it. That's how they do it. Because that's all they got. But we've got the word. If we would just do what it said, you know, long before habit is Action, consistent action. Action, half the word is act. You got to act like a believer before you can habitually live like one. See, the word habit simply means to, to perform a task without thought. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it. That's what you do. See, here's our deal is that most of us, we, we came to Jesus. We, get, we got a great heart. We get born again, but the word of God's never transformed us that you know hasn't renewed our mind so now we still live by the same habitual lifestyle that we had before Jesus only we try to be nice come on now you just try to smile at people you don't like <laughs> praise the Lord you know, it's kind of the front. You know, I, you may know people. I'm sure it's never happened to any of us, but you may know people that in the middle of a heated you know, argument, the, the phone rings and you go, Shh, hello. 
I mean, fraction of a second later, earlier, you were, you loser. That's, that's how you do it. See, when you, when you pull up onto the parking lot, you fought all the way here. And you look at the kids and say, now, smile. Smile, or I'll give you a reason not to. But that ain't how we do it. That's how they do it. Hello? L- let, me, let me get in here real quick. Oh, man. This is going to be a fast couple of minutes. <laughs> Might have week two here. Psalms 145.5. Check it out. Just going to wrap through here. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Everybody say works. You have a little notation in your Bible. Some of your Bible's got a little mark there for the word works. It actually means things or words. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wondrous words. Look at 1 Samuel 3.15. Samuel lay until the morning, opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Go to verse 16. Eli called Samuel, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. Look at 17. He said, what is the thing? Everybody say thing. What is the thing the Lord hath said to thee? Notice that when the Lord speaks, he says things. What is the thing that the Lord hath said to thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do, also, God do so to thee, and more also if thy hide any thing from me of all the things that he said. God's word is things and words, okay? Words are things in seed form. Speak God's word, you ain't wasting time. That seed being sown. Look, Mark 11, verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Say, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet come. Verse 14 says, Jesus answered it and said, we've talked about it before, but it bears repeating. How do you answer something that ain't said nothing? Jesus answered a tree. He answered a tree. Why? Because the tree made a statement. The tree said, I have fruit. You know, the only time a fig tree has leaves is when there's fruit. From afar off, it showed it had fruit by the leaf. They get there, there ain't no fruit, there's only leaves. So Jesus answered the fig tree and said, you're in trouble. (laughs) And his disciples heard it, right? We got Jesus using his words. Uh, Look at Mark 11, 20. We'll drop down to verse 20. In the morning, in the morning, guys, this is pretty fast. Turn around. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. 21. Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, oh, my God. He was probably on the donkey in the back, and he texted him, OMG. (laughs) Jesus texted back, LOL. Look what happened to the fig tree. Look at verse 22. Jesus answering saith unto him, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Look at verse 23. I say unto you that whosoever, say that's me, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Check it out. He shall have faith whatsoever he saith. Let let me just close tonight with this thought. He shall have whatsoever he saith. You gotta gotta understand that that phrase does not say you're gonna have whatever you said. That phrase says, the word of God says, you shall have whatever you say continually. 
Saith is not said. It is to say and 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 you're going would you shut up R O L F roll on floor L whatever What is coming out of you constantly? Not on weekends. Consistently. What's coming out of you? What's the Bible say? Are you looking for what the Bible says about your situation? Are you getting in agreement with the Bible? Well, wait, wait a minute. What if stuff don't line up with the Bible? We ain't done yet then. See, if God declares the end at the beginning, then if you're in the middle, you can tell because it don't look like the end yet. So if you ain't at the end yet, don't get in agreement with the middle. You got to agree with the beginning. You want to see blessing operate in your life? How did God release blessing? How, how did God release blessing? You, you, you know, was it, was it angel dust? I know, angel, angel feathers. When they got up to leave his presence, there was little chunks of gold later on. No, there wasn't. It was, and God blessed them and said. His word releases blessing. Blessing is to be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. So in the middle, when things ain't lining up to what God said, well, you just keep saying what God said until you get to the end. How will I know I'm at the end? Well, it will change what you saw in the middle. But yeah, but don't we, don't we need to use common sense? Let me ask you something. Is it more reasonable to not believe God because things don't look right in your middle? Or is it more reasonable to believe God regardless of what it looks like right now. See, you might not get in the morning. I think it's awesome that these guys coming back and in the morning, Peter saw it and went, OMG. But Jesus said he never said nothing that his father didn't tell him to say. He didn't have no mixed seed. He had Active ingredient, you know, uh, uh, what is it, you know, when you take two active ingredients and you put them together, you get an immediate response. You don't get an immediate response with an active ingredient and an inactive ingredient. So you got to look at what have you been saying all these years? You want God to change your marriage so that in the morning he will love me like he should love me. But for years you've been calling him names and treating him wrong. So now we gotta, we gotta change some things and we gotta start saying what God says and we gotta say it and 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 say it. Why? Because this is how we do it. This is gonna be the greatest year of your life. No, 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 hear me. This is going to be the greatest year of your life. This is going to be the, the, the greatest year of increase the garden has ever seen. Why? Because we're getting in agreement with the word of God. Well, have you noticed the economy? I don't even care. Matter of fact, the darker it gets, the better we look. This is how we do it. I will live blessed. I've got friends that... that in a, in a, you know, in a way, they're acknowledging good things. In another way, they're kind of whining. But, you know, they'll, they'll talk to me and they'll say, you, you know what? We've seen you go through stuff. You always come out better than you went in. Always. Nothing seems to affect you. Sorry. <laughs> Why? Well, because I'm going to live blessed. I'm going to live blessed. 
You ask me any day of the week, how are you doing? Beautiful. I'm beautiful. Some of you older women say, oh, say handsome. Just because you're a chick don't mean you got rights on the word beautiful. (laughs) Do a word study. Beautiful means extraordinary of its kind, a delight in thought and speech. I don't say beautiful because it sounds good. I say beautiful because that's what I'm producing in my end result. Extraordinary of my kind. Awesome in words and speech. My life's going to be blessed. You can pack up, go home mad, call your neighbors and tell them I'm an idiot. I will be blessed anyways. Why? Well, because I've been saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And I ain't going to change to make you happy. People around you that want you to suffer and be in fear. I refuse to live that way. I live in rebellion to the world system. I will not be dictated by a stupid economy that fluctuates all over the place when God's word is true and will not fail. Look, your neighbor say, this is how we do it. I love my church. I love my church. This is how we do it. We, we will not, we will not live in fear. We will not disagree with God's word. We will do what he said, and we ain't doing nothing else. And if we ever start doing stuff he didn't tell us to do, trust me, we figure it out pretty quick, and we will stop. We're just going to do what God said to do. Why? Because this is how we do it. We're going to walk in the blessing of God. We, we will be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed coming in and blessed going out. Why? Because we're just going to live God's word. We're going to get in there. We're going to study his word, and we're going to frustrate those of you who tend to not want to get in the book. And we're going to take you by the nap of the neck, and we're going to drag you over to a coffee table someplace, sit you down, and hand you a leather version. Might come up the backside of your head, but eventually it'll be in front of you and you can open it up and see what it says. We're going to live the word. Somebody say amen. 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 Give God one more praise tonight. He's worthy. The just shall live by faith. Are you here tonight and say, well, I should become part of that group. I, 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 should, I should get redeemed, purchased out of the power of another. God has paid an extravagant price for the opportunity to call you his child. What you've been through in the past, the challenges that you've faced, the mistakes that you've made, the the error that has been developed, none of that stands a chance against a drop of the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary. You're here tonight and you say, you know what? I need to be made righteous in the sight of God. I want relationship with God. I want to accept Jesus tonight. What I want you to do in just a minute, we're all going to pray a prayer together. Now, I'm not going to call you out, and my intention is not to embarrass you, but I'm not even going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes tonight. If you, if you got it in you, you say, I, I want Jesus. I just want you to hold your hand up and just boldly say,